So I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm excited for this morning because um, we are going to talk about the Holy Spirit today. And um, but before we get into that, um, you've heard of the terrible twos, right? <laughs> or you lived through the terrible twos. I have three kids, so I've lived through it three times. <clears throat> and then, but really, our two-year-old's the greatest. I have a nephew's too. He's just like the cutest, most adorable child that's ever walked the planet. Two-year-olds are cute, right? And then there are three. And that's what should have been called terrible. And you wonder, will you live through this year? And... <laughs> My dad says that um, whoever called it terrible too, it was because they didn't let the child live till three, <laughs> because it gets harder. But thank God they grow out of that, right? <clears throat> My daughter's growing out of that. She's four. And have you heard of the fours, fearful fours? Have you heard that? And it's, they say it's the age that kids develop fears. And that I really noticed in my four-year-old. You know, I mean, you've heard about Rita. She's... She was a strong, independent, tough kid. But now she's afraid of the dark, and she's afraid to go upstairs by herself, and she's afraid to be in her bedroom. She's afraid to not have the bathroom light on at night. She just has these fears that have come up. Um, and I'm not quite sure what's happened, except that it must be an age thing. But she's very articulate, and so she says she's afraid to be alone, and she's afraid of the dark. And there's just something about, right, the dark that... You don't know what's there. And it happened that she became afraid. So it made me think, like, what are you afraid of? And because if there's something you do kind of outgrow being afraid of the dark, but I think that's when you just start being afraid of things. And something I'm afraid of is wind. Um, I'm afraid of big wind, like tornadoes, hurricanes, straight winds, things like that. And I grew up at my parents' house is... Um, it's on a lake, and it has, I don't know, ten giant ancient oak trees. And, you know, the tornado sirens would go up when we were kids, and we never went in the basement. We would go stand out on the porch and watch the storm come across the lake and through the trees. And it was never, we were never afraid. And now I'm afraid. You know, I don't know if you remember... It was maybe like six, seven years ago. There was a straight wind storm that went through here. And it was incredible, right? It was like during the night, no sirens went off because it wasn't a tornado. And I remember, though, being awake and the window shaking, thinking, this is terrible. And then you remember the next day, you could see the path of that storm because no tree survived it. And it was, every tree was ripped out by its roots. And that put a fear in me of wind. And I am now afraid. And every time there's a storm, I'm afraid. And outside my house is a giant, incredible tree. And if a branch or that tree should be ripped out by its roots, there is one place it will land on my bed. And that scares me. <laughs> so I'm afraid of wind, even to the point that I dream my nightmares are always um, natural disaster nightmares. I am always dreaming of tornadoes and... Which I just think, like, it doesn't take, like, a brain surgeon to figure out that I'm afraid of losing control as well, since I'm always dreaming of tornadoes spinning me out. But I'm afraid of the wind. And I think, um, what are your fears, right? We have fears of things. And just to, like, kind of get you going, 
just quick around your table, because I have so much I want us to go through today. But go around your table and just say, what is your fear? Legit or not legit? What's your fear? Okay, go ahead. He loves us, and even those of us who might struggle with like father issues, and we're trying to like, we know we're supposed to love the father, and the father loves us, and that's easy to work on wrapping your mind around. We also love Jesus, right? He's our brother, he's the servant king, he's gentle, he's the lamb. Like, it's easy for us to go to that compassionate Jesus, and we can relate to him, and he's he's kind, and we we like him. Then the Holy Spirit we get a little iffy about, don't we? That it can be unsettling. And I think it has, it's kind of like our fears. Um, the Holy Spirit is actually referred to in the Bible as wind and fire. And so for me, I'm like, well, shoot, I'm scared of the wind. <laughs> but I think there's something to that, right? That the wind, we all like the breeze on a summer day blowing across us and it's nice. We all can't live without our air conditioners. Like, that's wind. You know, wind is nice until it gets too much and it's too powerful and it has the strength to rip a tree out of the ground. Now it's scary. And I think fire is the same way. We like our fire in a fireplace closed off. We like it contained. We like... Um, we, we like when fire is it's good for us and it's in control. 
But as soon as it's like ripping through a forest and we have like forest fires, now it's terrifying and it's out of control. And so there's something about the Holy Spirit that if, if the Holy Spirit was contained, maybe it would be easier. But there's something about the Holy Spirit that is unpredictable, it seems. Or we can't see where he's going or what he's doing. And if we could control the Holy Spirit better, maybe we would like him better. But the fact is that it's the power of God, and so it's big. And sometimes it's scary. Um, For you, just right off the bat, I wonder, do you have hesitations about the Holy Spirit that kind of eat at you? Or questions about the Holy Spirit that it's hard for you to get over them? That when this topic comes up, you kind of go, yeah, but what about... And you kind of go there again. So I'd like to take a few minutes and go around your table now and talk about, do you have anything about the Holy Spirit that makes you feel uneasy or nervous? Um, As opposed to like feeling like, Holy Spirit, anything you want to do to me, you can do right now. If you don't feel that way, why not? What about it are you nervous about? Okay, so go around your table and share that quick, okay? Go ahead. Okay, so let's... Let's get into it now. Um, So the question today that I started thinking about a couple weeks ago was, well, what does the Holy Spirit have to do with the kingdom of God? And when we were dividing up our lessons and our topics and stuff, I went, oh, I like the Holy Spirit. I'll do that one. And didn't give it too much thought. And then a couple weeks ago, I started thinking about it. Hmm, what does the Holy Spirit have to do with the kingdom of God? Everything. (laughs) Everything. The topic is enormous, right? There's so much you can say. That's like saying, sum up who God is in a couple of paragraphs. What? Like, this is, this is huge. Um, and I just want to tell you that. So then I just spent, like, the last week, just felt really led to, like, don't worry about this too much. And just pray. Pray, 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 pray. So that's all I've been doing. And then last Friday, I was like, well, I better write something. And um, so I sat down with my notebook and I was like, okay, Lord, what? What do you want to say to us? And I've just been asking all week, for two weeks, what, Lord? What do you want to say to us about the Holy Spirit? Because there's so much that would be right and good and true. What do you have for us today? And um, I was like, well, I suppose I could write an outline. I don't know what should be on the outline, but I guess I should write an outline. And I opened my notebook to a blank page, and literally in like 10 seconds, like boom, 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 there was an outline. And I just feel like I'm quite confident that God has something to say to us this morning, because it just like fell out of the pen, and I think God has something for you today. And I know that the topic of the Holy Spirit, because it does make us uneasy sometimes, I just remember being in a place years ago going like, I want more, Lord. It seems to me that other people get something that I don't get. I'm trying, but I just think there's something else to this. And um, I wonder, maybe, are you feeling like maybe you're missing something spiritually? Like, you look around this room and you go, they get something that I don't get. I just am missing something. Um, I just want you to know, if you're feeling anything like that, and when this topic comes up and you go, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong, that I don't have it together. I want to tell you, you might be right. There is more of 
There is more. There's more of the Holy Spirit. There's more that he wants to do in us and speak to us. So I just want to encourage you to listen today and open yourself up. And you know over and over and over and over and over again throughout the Bible, God, Jesus, angels, everyone is always saying, don't be afraid. And I want to tell you, don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. As much as you love Abba Father and you love Jesus, the Holy Spirit is the same. He's the same. And even though he looks uncontrollable and frightening sometimes, the Holy Spirit is loving and compassionate and kind and is good for you, wants you. So don't be afraid, okay? And open up, I think, to hear from the Lord today. Okay, so the first thing that I want to talk about is the baptism of the Holy Spirit that we see um, a few times in the Bible, and that's what we see in Matthew. So if you want to start in Matthew chapter 3, this is where we will begin. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. This, uh, this chapter is where it's really about John the Baptist, right? And um, Jesus isn't even doing his ministry yet. And in verse 11, John the Baptist says, I will baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So I want to clarify about what does this mean? What does it mean to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? Um, I know lots of people, and maybe someone in here, have been nervous about getting baptized with water. And um, that I know there are people who just resist and put it off. And it's kind of confusing. Um, like I was baptized as a baby and then got saved when I was a teenager. And it took 10 years before then I got baptized as an adult. It's just confusing because we all kind of do it different. But then, if you're nervous about getting baptized in water, how about getting baptized with fire? <laughs> right? You're like, hmm, what does this mean? Well, I want you to remember that baptism, it just means a rite of initiation and purification. So John the Baptist is saying, I'm baptizing, initiating you into the faith. Okay, when you repent and you get baptized, you're initiated into being a believer. And then baptism of the Holy Spirit is being initiated, I think, into the kingdom of God. That that's what that means. That this is a step into becoming part of the kingdom of God. Um, but the question then is, but when does this happen? And have you wondered if it's happened to you? Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Um, Peter answers the question in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. He, I, he sums it up the best. He says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I know there's some disagreement among churches about when exactly that happens and what is that point. Um, I think it would be good for us not to go into that discussion and not get caught up on that. <laughs> because I really believe that it is a distraction from the enemy. We know the Holy Spirit wants to be with us, wants to fill us. It is a gift, and so... What difference does it make, right? So let's not go there. Let's focus on pursuing God and pursuing the Holy Spirit. Um, 
And throughout, over and over again, God tells us in his word that he gives the Holy Spirit to everyone who repents and believes in him. So, I believe it. It's for all of us. My favorite verse, though, about this is 2 Corinthians 1.21. This verse, God really spoke it to me, like showed me this verse um, when I got saved. This was one of the very first verses that I read that like went right through me. Um, and it says in 2 Corinthians 1.21, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. And I just love that, that, that he set a seal of ownership. And what the Lord spoke to me when I got saved, it's just still as clear as day, even though it's a long time now, that the Holy Spirit was going to be in me and was marking me, guaranteeing the future. And I just feel like it must be the Lord. Like the words are still the same in my mind, remembering it. Of This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning of what God's going to do. And I love that, that, that that makes sense with baptism as an initiation of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit's coming within us, and it's just the beginning. Um, we also see um, Jesus talking to Nicodemus in um, the book of John. In John chapter 3, Jesus kind of talks about this. Um, chapter 3, verse 3 says, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And then the next Verse verse 5, he says, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. And I think this is all very similar language. Baptism, a seal of ownership, a deposit, being born again. It's all the beginning. It's The Holy Spirit is given at the beginning and making us new. Um, he's giving us new life in Jesus. The Holy Spirit is given in to dwell within us and then to purify us as well. Um, so to, to do this, we must repent. We must leave the kingdom of this world. And when we leave that kingdom and put that old life to death, we are given a new life. We are initiated into the kingdom of God. We are made... And he is our owner now. We are set with the seal of ownership. We belong to God and his kingdom now. And that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the beginning of our life in Jesus. Um, that I don't believe that the Holy Spirit is just handing out tickets to turn in at the pearly gates. That is not what he's doing. This is the beginning of a life in the kingdom of God. Um, when I was baptized with the Holy Spirit... Um, I, I didn't know any of this stuff. I was just pursuing that. I just wanted him. That was the time that I just felt like there was more. Other people got it, and I didn't get it, and I wanted it. And I was just going after him. Um, and when this happened, it was, I repented. God really spoke to me. I've told you this before, that, um, that God spoke to me like, well, you never said you were sorry. And I repented of of doing life on my own. And at that moment, I was absolutely filled with the Holy Spirit. It was like, knock your socks off. I couldn't have like made that up. And I, this truth about ownership and initiation, 
it was just, I didn't know any of this, but it is what God wrote on my heart that day. That he gave me this verse about he put spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing was the future. But then this happened when I was at a conference, and I actually bought a t-shirt that day. I still remember it was a bright green t-shirt. It was only 14. It was a bright green t-shirt, and it said, Property of Jesus on it. And it just like went right through me that day. I'm like, I belong now. I'm his. That's it. And that's all that mattered, that I was property of Jesus now. I wonder for you, has is it just me, or did you have any sense of that ownership, belonging to God when you got saved or born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit? Do you have any sense of that at that time of an initiation, a beginning, a born again? Does this ring true for you? Um, I wonder, has it carried through in your life? Or is it, or I think the opposite, if you struggle with this, would be that maybe you struggle with insecurity or a sense of belonging or purpose. Like, what are you here for? What are you supposed to do? If you struggle with those things, then I wonder, has, has the truth of what God has done set in for you? Um, so I want you to talk around your tables and... <coughs> I feel like I just said a whole lot, so you're going to go like, huh, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> um, think about when you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I know that this is language we don't really say too much, but I think it would be good to practice this language. Because um, why not? That's what happened, right? You were filled with the Holy Spirit when you got saved, born again. So to think about when you were baptized with the Spirit, did you have any sense of this ownership, initiation, beginning, feeling? Can you talk about that around the table? Go ahead. Okay, so I that's that's baptism of the Holy Spirit in a in a nutshell. And it's just the beginning. Um, the next thing I want us to talk about is the work of the Holy Spirit. Like, what is the Holy Spirit doing? And it's another area that feels incredibly vast and, like, almost ridiculous to try and sum it up, right? Like, who are we? Like, who do we think we are that we could say what the Holy Spirit's work is? But that's what was on the outline. <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about. And there's actually... A lot in a lot in God's Word about the what the Holy Spirit is doing. Maybe we think it's a mystery, and it's not so much a mystery that God wants us to know what He's doing and wants us to be involved in it. So we are going to do a little Bible study. So on your note guide on the back, get your pens. We got fill in the blanks. Get your Bibles. We're going to look up some and see what does the Holy Spirit do and what can we expect. Um, we're going to begin in John chapter 14. So flip there. John chapter 14, um, verse 26. I'll let you get there. Okay, so it says in verse 26, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you 
of everything I've said to you. So that's our first point. The counselor, which is just another name for the Holy Spirit, will teach you. He will teach you and remind you about Jesus. These are Jesus' words. He's telling the disciples, when I go to the Father, the Holy Spirit's going to come, and this is what you can expect him to do. He's going to teach you about me and remind you of what I've done and what I've said. And I really think it was then, it's the Holy Spirit who made all of this make sense for the disciples. As they were living it, they were pretty clueless a lot of the time. I think it's the Holy Spirit after the fact that was like, remember this, remember this. And Jesus' words came back to him. The Holy Spirit reminds us who Jesus is and remind, teaches us about what it, what it means. When you read the word and you're thinking, I, what does this mean? You can expect the Holy Spirit to enlighten you and teach you. Let's go to the next one now. John's right here, John chapter 15. So you're right there. To verse 26. So we were in 14, 26. Now we're in chapter 15, 26. And so Jesus is still just talking about this. When the counselor comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. So that's that second point. The Spirit of truth testifies about Jesus. He testifies about Jesus. Okay, now flip over to the book of Ephesians. So just flip a few pages, and it's after Galatians. Do you know the trick for Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians? It stands for go eat popcorn. That's how you know the order. Go eat popcorn, G-E-P-C, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Go eat popcorn. So that's where Ephesians is. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. We get some more about the Holy Spirit. Verse 17 says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So that's those first villains there. It's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. But then check out the end of that verse. Okay, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. The spirit of wisdom and revelation is so that you may know him better. So... There's so much that the Holy Spirit does. This is one thing that the Holy Spirit does. He teaches us and reminds us about Jesus. He testifies to who Jesus is. And the spirit of wisdom and revelation that he's enlightening us, telling us about him, making Jesus known. So I'd like you to just think about that around your table for a minute. Can you think of a time when the Holy Spirit taught you about Jesus, like brought something to mind? This happens to me a lot when I'm reading something in the Bible and then I am often reminded of another place that it says something else that when the pieces go together, they're like, oh, that makes so much more sense. I feel like it's the Holy Spirit leading me to put the pieces together. Sometimes I think the Holy Spirit 
reminds us of something Jesus said when he convicts us and goes like, um, you were supposed to be gentle. And <laughs> like you hear those voices, or it's really that voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking into you going, uh, love your neighbor and love your enemy. Like those are the ones I'm hearing lately. <laughs> Serve your enemy. <laughs> so I mean, all those times when we're in our like, when you're hearing the word of God, that is the Holy Spirit. So around your table, can you think of any examples where the Holy Spirit is speaking to you like that and reminding you of something that Jesus said or did? Go ahead and share that. Are you able to think of things? I think when we we uh, ask the Holy Spirit to remind us of stuff, he's like quick to do it and brings things to mind. Um, another point about this, though, that I want to make is the Holy Spirit is all about making Jesus known, not anybody else. And he is not into bringing glory to anybody else but Jesus. Um I, we've all seen strange stuff on TV, and we've all seen, like, the weird Holy Spirit things, and that where we go, I don't know about that. Or maybe somebody's getting so much praise about something, or someone's getting pretty famous for their spiritual gifts or something. Like, we've just, there, there's weird stuff out there, and uh, it's all related to the Holy Spirit, right? And it, it doesn't have to be weird. And I think that this is this is a point of discernment for us. When we know what the word of the Holy Spirit is, it will help us discern, is the weird stuff holy weird or people weird? And <laughs> you know what I mean, right? <laughs> so if you see something that you're like, that person's getting a lot of praise, or this is getting a lot of hype and glory, or a lot of fame, and it's Anything, anybody other than Jesus, I would think twice about it because we know that the Holy Spirit, he teaches us and reminds us about Jesus. He testifies about Jesus. He gives us wisdom and revelation and power to make Jesus known. And if Jesus is not known better from it, I'm not sure that's the Holy Spirit because we can double check it here. This is such an a great discernment piece for us to double check things, and we're supposed to discern things. Um, another area that this about the Holy Spirit is really helpful for is our prayer lives. Um, knowing how the Holy Spirit works makes prayer easier and better. Um, Paul tells us that the Holy Spirit actually helps us to pray, that he knows that we are weak in prayer and we tend to struggle in prayer, and that the Holy Spirit is there to help us pray and intercede for us. We also know that when we pray the will of God, then God answers those prayers, and he wants us to pray the will of God, that God is not keeping secrets and making us jump through hoops and going like, well, just pray, 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 and hopefully you'll hit on something good eventually. He wants us to know his will so that we are able to pray his will so that he can answer it. And that's where the work of the Holy Spirit really helps. Um, If we pray and ask the Holy Spirit to do what he does, we can be confident that God will answer that and the Holy Spirit will do the work that he's doing 
in us. We can invite him to do his work in us and in our situations. Um, this also really would apply for interceding, right? I'm sure your long list of prayer requests are for other people and that we're praying for other people. And we pray what we want for them, right? And we're praying that they change or they do this or whatever. We pray that we can cope with it or we whatever. We, we pray what we want for the situation, right? But if we change our prayers... To this, it would be different. When we pray what we want, we get frustrated. It gets boring. Nothing ever happens, right? I we've asked a couple times this fall how your prayer lives are, and more often than not, the answer is just fair, just okay, kind of dry, kind of boring, not really going anywhere. And I think that that happens because we're praying what we want our will, our understanding of the situation. And that's not, there's a better way to pray. And the better way to pray is to invite the Holy Spirit in and to invite Him to teach us and remind us, to convict us, to make Jesus known to us, give us wisdom and revelation for things that are beyond our understanding. And also for the interceding of other people. But we wouldn't pray that our husband would change. We pray that the Holy Spirit would give him a spirit of wisdom and revelation and convict him. And we pray for the work of the Holy Spirit that would make Jesus known. Because when Jesus is known, then you can't help but respond, right? And so when we pray God's will, we pray that the Holy Spirit does the work that we know he's doing and invite him in, God answers our prayers, right? That's how to pray, okay? So, let me find my place now. Um, so, here's the question for Ethan. What role does the Holy Spirit play in your prayer life? Are you leading the prayer meeting in your soul, or is the Holy Spirit leading the prayer meeting in your soul? When you go to pray, and you're doing your popcorn prayer during the day, and you're saying your prayers in the morning, whatever, who's leading that? You, a devotional, who's leading it? Or are you inviting the Holy Spirit to lead that? So, go around your table, try and be vulnerable and honest. The more we can be honest and help each other, right? We want to have powerful prayer lives that the Holy Spirit is at work in. And that's what he wants. So, let's put it on the table and... Start talking about it, okay? So what role does the Holy Spirit play in your prayer life? Go ahead. Okay, let's keep going. So we've talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we've talked about the work of the Holy Spirit. And they're kind of circular, those points, that like what happens first, even that um, we say baptism of the Holy Spirit is the beginning, but... We know the Holy Spirit is actually who revealed Jesus to us to repent. So, like, the Holy Spirit's at work. We get baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit stays at work within us and continues to teach us about Jesus and reveals him and changes us and purifies us. Remember, we're baptized with fire. That's that We're being purified is what that means. Um, and that's, that's why we're praying for the unbelievers in our life, that the Holy Spirit would reveal Jesus to 
to them so that then they could repent and be baptized with the Holy Spirit and stay kind of in this circular thing of knowing Jesus, changing, knowing Jesus, changing, and becoming more like him. The next thing I want to talk about, though, is just this life in the Spirit. Um, In Galatians 5.25, it says that we're to live by the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit. Um, Throughout the book of Acts, we see the apostles filled with the Spirit repeatedly. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit in Pentecost, but then over and over again, they get filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, Paul speaks in the book of Romans about living in accordance with the Spirit. I just want to talk about that, that baptism in the Holy Spirit is the beginning. What's the rest of it look like? How do we live in the Spirit? How do we walk in step with the Spirit? Those are all terms I know people get hung up on, uh, like, what does that even really mean? Let's let's go there a little bit. What does it mean to live by the Spirit? Um, Jesus tells the disciples in John chapter 14, 12, that anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing, and he will do even greater things than these. So we know that that's life in the kingdom, that we would act, be like Jesus. But how do we participate in that? How do we have a life that looks like that? Um, How do we carry on beyond just that initial baptism in the Holy Spirit? How do we have a life in the Spirit? Um, So I want us to look at John chapter 14. Jesus talks about this. Right back where we were. That whole section in this John chapter 14, Jesus is preparing his disciples for his leaving. And he's just filling them in on what's going to happen. So this chapter 14, kind of beginning in verse 15, is Jesus telling them about the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit's going to do and how he's going to act in their lives. Um, But through that time, there's, there's more to it. So John chapter 14, verse 23, it says, Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. So, did you catch that? The end of it is that we will come and make our home with him. That's the Holy Spirit coming and dwelling within us, is what he's talking about. But how does that happen? It says, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. Then my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. The key is listening and obeying. And we do it because we love him. We love Jesus. Um, the work of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Jesus to us and to make him known. And what happens when we know Jesus We fall in love with him, right? The more you know him, the more you love him. And the more you love him, the more you're willing to obey his teaching and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And he actually then gives us the power to join his work. That's the spirit dwelling within us. He gives us the power to join his work. And that's how we become active members in the kingdom of God. And we're not just skating through, waiting for heaven. We are active members of the kingdom of God when we listen to the Holy Spirit and we obey. And then we're joining the work of the Holy Spirit. 
Um, Jesus models this for us. You know, he always says to disciples, he said to everybody, follow me, follow me, come follow me, come follow me. And here he's doing, he's doing it again. Um, of come follow me. At the end of this chapter, verse 31, how he sums up this whole thing of the Holy Spirit's coming and listen and obey him. He sums it up in verse 31 by saying, but the world must learn that I love the Father and that I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. That he modeled this for us. That he listens and obeys. Um, I've been reading a book. Here it is. It's called Naturally Supernatural, and it's about the work of the Holy Spirit. And um, he says about Jesus, about this, that he says, you know, Jesus is fully God and fully man. And he says that in becoming human, he limited himself and operated in the same way he expects us to, through complete faith, trust, and dependence on the Father. And that's exactly what we're seeing here, that Jesus is... He limits what he knows so that he has to listen to the Father for all of his ministry. He's listening to people and he's listening to the Father. And we see that um, in the Gospels where he says, I'm just doing what the Father told me. I'm doing what the Father said. That we see him listening to the Father and obeying him. That he says, I'm doing what the Father commanded. And that that's exactly how we should be living too. Listening and obeying and doing what the Holy Spirit is commanding us to do. Um, obviously, Jesus had, Jesus had it easier because he didn't have sin messing it up. But we, as we get further in and we become more purified, we will hear better. And we will be able to listen and do what he commanded. Um, so how are you at listening and obeying? think that there's kind of a spectrum of options of how you might be living your life. Um, one would be that you do neither. You don't listen to them. You don't obey. You're like, you are, maybe you got baptized in the Holy Spirit and then you were done. Or you have nothing to do with him. That you're just living your life. You're not listening. You're not obeying. You're not connected. Um, I think then the next step would maybe be that you you do listen and you choose not to obey. And sometimes it's very defiant. You go, um, I don't think so. I'm not doing that. And sometimes it's subtle. Like, mm, is that really what he said? I'm just not so sure that God spoke that to me. I'll wait for a sign. I'll, and we just kind of swim for a while and we never really do anything. So we're listening, but we're not obeying. I think that another step um, would be maybe you, you're all about obeying. You'll do what he tells you, but you don't even listen. You never take the time to listen. You pray what you want to pray. You do what you think is right. You read the Bible. You take what you can get out of it, and you're willing to do that. But do you sit for more than 30 seconds and let the Holy Spirit speak to you? you sit with your with the word for longer than your little devotion time do you let him speak to you so that you can obey think how much more he wants to share with you if you're in that boat um and then maybe the best one would be that you are head over heels in love 
you fully trust the Holy Spirit, you pray all the time and your mind is focused on hearing from the Lord and doing everything in every situation that you can to be obedient and follow him. And I would think if you're in this group, you see miracles, you see healing, you see you see power in your life because you're always thinking one step in, you go, what now, Lord? What now, Lord? And that you're very much engaged. So I wonder for you, where are you on that spectrum? Does any of that ring true for you? Where you're at, if it all comes down to listening and obeying, the Holy Spirit's leading, how are you? Do you listen and obey? Okay, go ahead and run your table. I hate to interrupt you, but we got more. Um, So, listening and obeying. Um, When we practice listening and obeying, we get better at it. We get better at listening and hearing from the Lord and knowing is that Him or not. We'll get better at that. We'll also get better at obedience. Obeying, um, it can be tricky, right? And... God does some crazy stuff sometimes. And he wants us to join the work of the Holy Spirit, which means sometimes doing crazy things. And are you willing to obey him when he says, go talk to that person? Or go heal that person? Or, like, there's, God wants us, you know, he said in in the book of Acts, when Jesus is saying, you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit, or baptized with the Holy Spirit, and the power of the Holy Spirit will be on you. And that you're going to do greater things than Jesus. He's talking about the power stuff. And that he doesn't want us to just intercede. Not to even make light of that. But of course, he wants us to pray for people. And that that is a powerful place. But there's more than that, too. He wants us to actually do the ministry. That's where we see like the gifts of the Holy Spirit work. That's where we see miracles and healing and supernatural kind of encouragement and generosity. And that's when it really happens. But we have to be willing to obey and follow that leading. And not just act how we think best, but to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And that's when it will be incredible. Um, in this book, again, he says um, that God only created something out of nothing at creation. Okay? That was the only time it was something out of nothing. Every time after that, and I think if you would go back and look through the stories of Jesus, you would see that after that, he always created something out of something. Um, The example he gives is the story of the uh, feeding the 5,000 and that um, the little boy had to give his lunch, his bread and fish. And Jesus certainly did not need those few loaves and the fish. He could have just made food. Obviously, that's what he did. But he wants raw material that makes something out of something. Um, He says in his book that God is using our simple obedience as the raw material for miracles of his making. God is using our simple obedience as the raw material for miracles of his making. That he's looking for us to give something. Will we obey? Will we do what he says? And our simple obedience for the most ridiculous things, if God is leading it, we are willing to believe him and obey, that's the raw material for him to work miracles. 
don't you want to do that? <laughs> right? It's like for me, it's like this this encouragement of like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and that's what you say. I wonder though, if you ever wondered how you know if what you're sensing is the Holy Spirit or not. Like, um, for the crazy stuff, like say going to talk to someone you haven't talked to in a really long time, but you just feel like maybe you're supposed to. Or um, maybe like restoring a relationship that you've been holding out and God's telling you to take the first step. Do it. Or, you know, like you have something. How do you know it's the Holy Spirit or not? So this is just kind of humorous because I could relate immediately, and I bet you can too if you've been in the situation. Um, the guy who wrote this book is connected to the Vineyard Church, and so he is friends with, I guess, John Lindbergh, who is one of like the leading... Naturally Supernatural by Gary Best. Gary Best, B-E-S-T. I know, I'm only like halfway through, but I've underlined half of it already. Um, so they're part of the Vineyard Church, which um, is more charismatic than our church, but I like that. You see the Holy Spirit moving more, and um, I think the Holy Spirit wants to work. Um, but they're not crazy. Some people are crazy. I don't think they're crazy. <laughs> okay, anyway, so John Wimber is one of the pastors, uh, or like the founding pastors of the Vineyard Church. Okay? So he's, it says that he's often asked how you know when you're anointed to pray for the sick, which I think is anything. Anytime you feel that you are filled with the Holy Spirit to do something, his was just because he was someone who healed a lot. So John responds and says, first of all, you start to get a rubbery feeling in your legs, often followed by intense perspiration, mostly from nervous anxiety. Next, you can expect your tongue to feel very thick. This makes it difficult to say even your own name, which is fine, because your mind will have begun feeling so clouded that you will have difficulty even remembering your own name. When you start feeling these things, you can be really confident because the anointing is on you. You're ready to pray for the sick. I just think that's hilarious because it's an anxiety attack, not, the whole, not what we think it's supposed to be. But isn't that what it is? That I know I felt that, that pit in my stomach of, oh my gosh, I think I need to do this. And my nerves pile up, my voice shakes, um, I can feel my heart racing, I'm sweating and sweating and sweating and need new clothes by the time I finally obeyed. And that, that is how it is. And he says it's because we know we need to obey, but sometimes it's scary to obey. And it takes a leap of faith to believe that God will do the miracle or God will give the spiritual gift or God will speak. It can be scary, but that we are to obey and have faith, and then he is faithful. Um, I wonder if um, you can relate to his story of a panic attack, um, or just anything. What has happened when you have obeyed? Can you think, maybe only one or two people at your table will be able to think of something. But a time when you did sense the Holy Spirit, you heard him, and then you obeyed. What happened? What did it feel like? And I think, what what did God do? Um, when we testify to the power of God, our faith increases. And that's why it's a learning thing. The more we do it, the more we see God's faithfulness, the more we're willing to have faith again. Um, so you can share where 
just a couple minutes. Yeah, just a couple minutes. If anyone has a story about when you did obey, what happened? Okay, go ahead. Okay, let's let's come back. <clears throat> um, what I want us to do now is we've said that um, listening and obeying is something that takes practice, and it means inviting Holy Spirit to do His work and inviting to do His work in us and around us. Um, and I would like to spend time right now practicing that. So what we're going to do is um, we have a couple of worship songs, and they're not short ones. So I like went back and forth and back and forth on, um, oh, but would you get bored if it's too long? And then I just felt like, no, no, like you can't like just get your three minute Holy Spirit shot and be off. That's not how it works. And so if you're bored, shake that off and focus again. Um, I want you, these songs are very much about calling on the Holy Spirit and seeking after Him and inviting Him to do His work. And um, so I want you to do that. While you're doing that, invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you. If you want to obey Him, ask Him what? And I bet He's got something to say about it. Um, and I just want to encourage you to, if you feel led to pray for somebody or go do something, do it. You know, um, this is a safe place to practice. You know, you can practice following the Holy Spirit in lots of places that is much riskier than here because we will all have grace to maybe you'll make a mistake. And that's okay. <laughs> and we'll just do our best. But I just want to encourage you, if you feel like the Holy Spirit convicting you about something, bring something out of the blue to your mind, you feel that he go pray with somebody, why not? Let your obedience be the raw material for a miracle, right? And go ahead and do it. So, um, yeah. Go, okay. Oh, and if you need to like, stand up, kneel, move around, follow the 